All right, let's turn the word of God to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. We'll begin there and we'll read uh, Luke 14, uh, beginning of verse 25, all the way down through the second verse of chapter 15. Luke 14, uh, in the word of God. And I'm glad I could say in the word of God. Amen. Luke 14. And beginning in verse 25, says this. And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you? intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Lest haply, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost, have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Verses 1 and 2 of 15. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Let's pray. Father, again, Lord, we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just thank you for watching over us. Lord, we thank you for meeting our needs, dear God. You're so good and gracious, Lord. You're altogether lovely. Lord, you're fairer than 10,000. Lord, you do with all things well. Lord, you're worthy of worship. You're worthy of service, uh, dear God, and we just bless your holy name this morning. Lord, we pray for those among us uh, uh, that have a great need. Lord, some have a physical need. Lord, we think of uh, Sister uh, Meredith. We think of Sister uh, Barnett. We think of uh, Sister uh, Muxlow, Sister Pam, Sister uh, Lisa, and uh, uh, others there. God, touch them physically. Lord, we think of those with uh, finances. Lord, we think of those uh, <coughs> with the job situation. Lord, we think of uh, Joel. We think of uh, Brother Mark and others. Dear God, please move and uh, uh, meet those needs. Uh, we think of those that are traveling, the Baruchs and others. Lord, please uh, be with them. And uh, Lord, we think of one that might be here today or maybe listening in that for whatever reason up to this point, dear Lord, they uh, haven't been born again by the grace of God. Lord, a wonderful thing it would be to see the Holy Spirit move in a heart through the word of God and open that heart. And Lord, see that one come and put their trust in the death, burial, resurrection and shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, today. Work in that heart, or, we, or maybe somebody that is saved, but for whatever reason, this today they're sidetracked by things going on, and God, you'd help them, Lord, to get back where they should be. So, Lord, in all these things, our desire is that, first of all, Jesus Christ would be exalted and glorified, and that, Lord, through that, you would build your local church. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. amen. Notice uh, again, verse uh, 26 
says this, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brother and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he what? Cannot be my disciple. Notice that statement, my disciple. So what he's talking about here is discipleship. So let us establish a little bit. What is a disciple? Well, a simple definition of a disciple would be a disciple is one who makes or takes the instruction given him, right, and makes it his rule of conduct and says, hey, I hear what's, I'm going to take that, what's being taught me, and I'm going to incorporate it into my life, and I'm going to live my life according to that instruction, right? And so what does that mean? It means I want to hang around the teacher, (laughs) amen? I want to hang around the teacher. Uh, Jesus said this. Uh, uh, notice, uh, turn over to John chapter 8 real quickly, and then we'll come back. John chapter 8, and notice what Jesus said in John 8, verses 29 through 31, says this. He said, He that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. Amen. And if since you've been saved, he's never left you alone either. And look at this. I do always those things that please him. Might be the last person that could have ever said that, right? The first and last person. But hey, that should be our desire, right? That's our goal. Again, as we say, you may not be there yet, but you're heading in that direction. Amen. I will always, that's the, my heart's desire is to do always those things that please him. And so as he spake these words, many believed on him. And then notice again, verse 31 says this. Then said Jesus to those Jews who, which believed on him, If ye, look, continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. So again, we're talking about discipleship here. Then are ye my disciples indeed. If ye continue in my word, what? If you take this instruction and make it your way of life, if you continue in it, then are ye my disciple. And notice uh, back there in Luke 14, he says at least three times, cannot be my disciple. Cannot be, verse uh, uh, 26 ends, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 27 ends, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 33, he cannot be my disciple. So we want to make it clear this is not about salvation. We're not talking about salvation here. We know everybody is welcome unto salvation, but it's about being a disciple. We might say a serious follower. A serious follower. Jesus, we see here, had many followers. Matter of fact, go back to verse 25. Oh, people like to, uh, in, uh, to, to follow Jesus. He could get a crowd. Boy, he could get a crowd. Verse 25, and there went what? Great multitudes with him. Great multitudes, right? He could get a crowd. But here's the thing. You'll notice quickly, and as you go through the Gospels and see those crowds, you know what? Uh, crowds didn't impress God. <laughs> hey, you know what? Today, Crowds don't impress God. Numbers don't impress God. But who does? I mean, who doesn't? Let's be realistic. Who doesn't want a crowd? Hey, uh, do, do I wish that every one of these spots were full? Do I wish people were? Uh, 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 do I wish the balcony was full? Do I wish people were hanging off the chandeliers, if you will? Yeah, of course, of course. But again, that is not what impresses God. Though we like to see that, and He likes to see it. You see, who doesn't want that? But what impressed Christ more was not the amount of people that were there, the amount of people there, but those that were there, those that people that were willing to pay the amount, if you will, to be a disciple. That's what impressed him. Not how many showed up, but how many were willing to go forth seriously and have a desire to be his 
disciple. Again, uh, uh, people like to be carried by a crowd, but people don't like to carry a cross. Amen. They like to jump into the crowd. I mean, that's why a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, a lot of times when I meet people, they say, look, I say, well, what, are you, what, what, are you, what are you looking for? You know, what I want to know is, are you wanting to get in and get active or are you just sort of looking at a place where you can sort of hide in the crowd and slip in and slip out? Hey, uh, the times that I've, I've had to uh, join a church as a, as, as a member, what I, you know, to me, I didn't look at the, the size of the church. I walked in and I said, is there a need here? Do they need uh, uh, somebody uh, uh, to come in and do something? You know, uh, w- when I joined uh, a Bible Baptist when I moved to this area, hey, that was a good-sized church. But you know what? I walked into church, and I saw a man of God with a crowd, with a multitude, but I saw somebody who didn't really was taking care of the preacher, to be honest with you. You know, in five minutes, everybody was gone. I said, you know what? That preacher needs encouragement. Joined that church, and to this day, uh, we're still good friends. So it's not just about, you know, showing up, but why did you show up? What's your intent? What's your desire in being there? So again, people like to be carried by a crowd, but as as we're going to see in these verses, people don't like to carry a cross. It's one thing to be a tag-along. It's one thing to be in the crowd. And again, it's another thing to bear a cross. It's another thing, right? Uh, again, it, it, it's one thing, say it this way, it's one thing to be lost in the crowd, it's another thing to be lost in him. Amen. I don't come to church to get lost in the crowd. I come to church to get lost in him. That's what I want. I want to be lost in him. I want to be wrapped up in him. I want to be surrounded by him. I want to thirst and hunger for him. I want him to be the very desire of my heart and soul. I come for, I'm glad to see everybody. Hey, good to see you today, right? But we come for him. So are you following the crowd or are you following him? That's the question. Look again at verse 26. Boy, it sounds like he's saying some rough things here. But what is he doing? It says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Well, that sounds like some rough preaching there. Amen? Well, that is rough preaching. Jesus was a, a rough preacher. He wasn't a mean preacher. Amen? Now, it might sound mean if you don't understand his heart, right? And a lot of times people say, oh, that preacher's mean. Well, do you understand his heart? Amen. Why is he saying that? Because, see, if somebody loves you, they're willing to tell you the truth. Whether that truth comes across nice or whether that truth is whatever, they want to tell you the truth. And Jesus told the truth. And so what is Christ doing here? You think, oh, he's being mean to all those people. No, here's what he's doing. He's actually asserting his deity. That's what he's doing here. He's asserting his deity. What he's saying is, do you recognize that I'm different than your father, that I'm different than your mother, that I'm different than your siblings, that I'm different than the brother? Do you recognize that I'm different than everybody else? That's what he's saying. And if you recognize that I'm different than everybody else, then you recognize that you need to love me different than anybody else. You see, families and friends, thank God for them, but they're human beings, if you will. Christ is more. He's God in the flesh. He's God in human form. And because he is more, because he is more, he's worthy of more. I mean, that just sounds the reason. Because he is more, he's worthy of more. 
And, uh, you know, God, of course, God told us to love people, but one thing he never said, one thing Jesus never said, God never told, Jesus never told believers to love others as they love God. God never told you to love others as you love God. But he did tell you how to love others. And what did he say? In Matthew 19, 19, he said this. He said, thou shalt love thy neighbor. Hey, we are told to love our neighbor, but how are we told to love our neighbor? As ourself. Not as we love him, but to love our neighbor as ourself. Well, because we know the Bible says no man ever yet hated his own flesh. Ephesians 5, 29, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord, the church. Amen. Listen, if you don't love anybody else, I know that you love you. And listen, I, I, I'm glad God put that verse in there because, uh, you know, I'd have, when I lived in Germany and I'd have groups come over and I would be driving them from Germany into Eastern Europe and we get some on those back roads and the track was pretty bad. And you have to drive kind of wild to survive. I, I, really, I'd have people say, they say, Brother Stewart, I didn't come on this trip to be, get killed. I'd say, let me tell you something. I love me as much as you love you. All right. I'm not, didn't come on this thing to get killed either, but I know how you're supposed to drive over here. And if you don't drive as crazy or crazy as them, you will die. Amen. So just sit back and catch up on your prayers. Amen. And let me do the driving. That's what I tell them. Amen. But listen, we know we all love each other, right? And because we all love each other, we should also love everyone else in the same manner, the Bible teaches. But it does tell us how to love God. So we love people that way, but how are we supposed to love God? Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven says this, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. So you're seeing there's a separation, amen, a difference in the love, right? There's a difference in the love. That's what basically what he's saying. So it's not that we choose Christ and no one else, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying choose Christ and no one else. We know, again, we have a responsibility to our families. We have that responsibility as, as, as husbands, as spouses, as, as fathers, as parents and those things. We have a responsibility to our families. So again, it's not choosing Christ and no one else. That's not what he's saying. It's choosing Christ above all else. Amen. That's what it's about choosing Christ above all else. He, again, he has the first, the Bible says that he, you know, it says he might have the preeminence, preeminence the Bible talks about. So let us look at verse 27. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So notice here again, it mentions his cross. Now I've heard a lot of di different explanations about what the cross is. Well, that's what you got to deal with in life or it's taking his cross or whatever. Well, you know, listen, I do know this about a cross. I do know this. A cross is where people go to die. I know that much. Whatever the, your, that cross is that you bear, I know this. A cross is where people go to die. Philippians 2, 5 and 8 say this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, right? That's what it's talking about. So the mind of Christ, verse 8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. What? Even the death of the cross. The cross, right, has to do with death. So bearing the cross, right, like Jesus, he sets an example, involves humility, right? And it involves obedience unto death, in our case, Death to self. So, and here's one thing to note about the cross. 
There's nothing glamorous about a cross. You know what Christianity has tried to do? They've tried to make the cross glamorous. Oh, you know, everybody likes to wear a cross. We like to put a nice fancy cross here and a fancy right. Well, I'm not going to get off on that, but let me say this. A real cross, the cross that Jesus hung on and the cross that he calls us to bear, whatever that is not meant to be glamorous. People want to make Christianity glamorous. People want to make Christianity cool. Hey, you can be cool and still be a Christian. You know, that's what it's all about. Listen, you know, hey, right. Listen, the cross is not cool. The cross is not glamorous. The cross is cruel, not cool. It's cruel and it's bloody and it's messy. But it's worth preaching about. It's worth lifting up and it's worth bearing. It is the symbol of a curse. Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. It's not a glamorous thing, and it's not a glamorous place to be. But it's what we've been called to, a cross. Many a man has quit the ministry. Many a man has left the mission field after the glamour wore off. And I say, amen. Pack your bags and go home. If you're here for glamour, if you're here to have, a, have some story to tell, if it's, a, if it's about you, we don't need you. Amen. But if it's about Jesus, amen. Come on in. Let's brag on Jesus. Come on in and tell people about Jesus. Come on in, amen, and preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. The cross, you see, the cross is meant to bring everything into perspective. You're getting sidetracked, you've gotten away from the cross. You're off on the, uh, the, 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 the politics and all this stuff, and that's what you're doing. Behind. Listen, listen, you're sidetracked. Get your mind back on the cross. Get things back in perspective. Amen. Right? Amen? Look at the cross. Keep your eyes on the cross. It's not glamorous. It's not cool. It's cruel. But it's the best place to be. Amen? It's the best place to be, especially if you're a sinner. Keep it near the cross. Christ poured himself out for us, and we must be willing to pour ourselves out for him. So if I must bear a cross daily, I must, we must die daily. Luke 9, 23. And he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him what? Deny himself. Well, we know it includes that. Deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Deny meaning to disown, to renounce self, and to subjugate all works of self, interest, and enjoyments to him. Luke 11, 3 says, give us day by day our daily bread. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight 28 says, beside those things that are without, that, Paul said, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I protest by rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. Die means to have no more dependence upon self. In Paul's context there, of course, upon none of the law or any legal righteousness, for justification and salvation than a dead man would have, but as being self-crucified and dead together with Christ. So I think these verses, just a few, give insights into some of the things it means to bear a cross. And when, what was that? To deny daily, right? Deny, 
deny himself. To trust daily. Give us this day our daily bread. To trust him daily. And then understand, Paul said, these things that come upon me daily, the care of the churches. Understanding the responsibility daily of our service. What are the responsibilities of our service to him? Understanding that on a daily basis. Then, of course, dying to self daily is what it includes. So notice the verse 27 again. Whoever come after me, come after me. Notice that. Turn back a moment to verse 23 and notice what it says here. And the Lord said unto him, verse 20, unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to what? Come in, come in. And then verse 26 says, if any man come to, come to. So we say, come in, come to. And then verse 27 said, come after, come after. So think of it this way. We come in through his cross. That's how we get in. That's how we get saved. Again, this is talking about discipleship, not salvation. So we come in through his cross. And then we come to, if you will, to get our cross. Say, hey, listen, thank you for your cross. And now, listen, I want to sell out to you. Amen. He says, good, then I'll give you a cross. And then we come after for discipleship. You see, it's sort of like this. I've taken him. I've taken my cross. And I've taken his mission. Amen. And this is my life's pursuit. So think of, think of it this way. God is not looking for wannabes. God is looking for willing to bees. Amen. Amen. <laughs> hey, listen, he doesn't want a bunch of wannabes trying to get the glamour, trying to this, trying to be cool, whatever. No, God doesn't need any wannabes, but he'll take all the willing to bees that he can get. Amen. All the people that are willing to be serious in their service for him. So you want to be a wannabe? We don't want you to be, and he don't want you to be. But amen, if you're willing to be, he says, you can draw as close to me as you desire to be today. Notice now verses 28 through 32 again say this, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and count the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first and consulteth? Whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh with 20,000, uh, with 20,000, or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage uh, and desireth conditions of peace. So here, these verses speak of what? One preparing to build and one preparing to battle. And that pretty much sums up the Christian life. You know what the Christian life is? Building and battle. <laughs> building and battle, right? He's either building you through the battle. Or he's building something else, amen, and he puts you in there to, uh, to go into the battle to help build that example, his church, right, uh, as an example. So a builder, because what? A builder needs what? Quality materials, right? And a battle needs what? Quality soldiers. So God wants, that is what, what is God doing in my life? He's trying to make me quality material, and he's trying to make me a quality soldier, He's making me quality material, amen. He's building me up so he can put me in there to build his ministry. And then he's making me a quality soldier, amen, so I don't back up, slack up, amen, but I continue to move forward, amen, for the cause of Christ. So maybe this is sort of the way to think about maybe being a disciple. Say, example, you're, you're born into a family, thank God, but you're born into a family sort of with a family business. And a disciple says this. 
Here's what a disciple says. I do not just want to be in a family with a business. I want to learn about and participate in that family business. Amen. Some people are just glad to be in the family. Hey, man, I got a good family. Man, we got a business. And boy, that business takes care of me. Amen. The Lord takes care of me. Hey, I just don't want to be in the family and brag about it having a business. I want to learn about that business. I want to participate. Amen. And be active in that business. But just let me know this. The business will only ever have one CEO. Okay. <laughs> Amen. King Jesus. Right. So a, bi- a builder and a battler. battler Right, as we see, it has no regrets that you see because they counted the cost before they started. Right, they counted the cost before they were started, and because they did that, they had already determined they were all in before they got in. They were all in before they got in. They made that decision and they said, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing. Sort of like, I like, I like this verse. Uh, in 2 Samuel 10, 12, when they're getting ready to go to, to battle, it says, uh, I think it was Abner said, or Job says, be of good courage and let us play the men for our people. I like that. I love that statement. Yeah. Wow, man, just brings out the military in you, right? Brings out the soldier in you. Let us play the men for our people. That's what we want to do. We want to play the men. We want to play the men of God. We want to play the builders, right? And the battlers, if I can say that, get that right three times real fast, right? Right, for our people, for our church, and for our God. We want to play the men. Boy, do we need men. We need men. Talk about getting sidetracked. We need men in America. We need men in the church that are willing to stand up and do the battle. He says, let us play the men for our people and for the cities of our God. And the Lord do that which seemeth good. That's the way you need to think as a soldier of the cross. I'm going in. Whatever happens, happens. I think uh, how many times uh, uh, going into remote areas and people said, uh, why are you going in? Because God told me to. Well, what if? Well, yeah, well, what if? Amen. Amen. God said we had to go. He didn't say we had to come home. But Lord, I'd sure like to come home if you let me. Let's just be honest. right? I'd like to come home if you let me. But we're going anyways. We're going anyways. Let him do what seemeth good. So thank God for everyone that's part of the family of God. Hey, I'm glad. Listen, I know there's, I believe there's people that, that, that are saved and they don't believe everything just right like we does. They're saved. Amen. Sorry they get everything else messed up, but amen. They're saying, hey, I'm glad for everybody that's in the family of God, but I'm afraid too few have moved on to be true disciples. Jesus counted the cost of what it would take to build his church. And what do you say? I will build my church. Jesus counted the cost of what it would take to battle sin, death, hell, and Satan. And he knew it would include a cross. And what do you say? He said, I'm all in. I'm all in. You see, notice those words, count and consult. Amen. And that's good advice whenever you go to make a decision in life, right? Whenever you go to make a decision, right? Count the cost and consult with people, right? Seek with them. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm 57 years old, been in the ministry over 30 years, but listen, I, 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 uh, hopefully, by the grace of God, I make no major decisions that can affect my life without counting and consulting. You see, Christ did not go in blindly to what he did, but he went in with open eyes and open heart. Amen. He went in with open eyes and open heart, and he said, I'm willing. Christ said, I'm willing to participate in the building. I'm willing to participate in the battle for you. 
And that's what, amen. And you know what he's looking for? He's looking for some builders, right? He's looking for some soldiers with the same grit, amen. Lord, I'm willing. I've made my decision. I'm willing to build and I'm willing to battle for you, for you, for what you've done for me. Verse 33, finish up here. He says, so likewise, likewise, right? Our Savior counted and he consulted. Who did he consult with? He consulted with himself. He consulted with God. Didn't it say that in Acts, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the divine counsel. Yeah, so God consulted with God, amen, about going in. And he said, I'll do it. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all. Look at that. Wow, those all-encompassing words, forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Again, Christ emphasizes being all in. You want to be like Jesus? Jesus was all in. Then you got to be all in. Forsaketh not all. What's that mean? Put it all on the line. Forsaketh not all what? That he hath. Now, that's what he's saying. Forsaken all that he hath. He hath. Why would God ask you to forsake or someone to forsake all that he hath? Do you know why he would ask somebody to forsake all that he hath? Because he says, if he'll forsake all that he hath, then God will give him all that he hath. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Would you rather, have, if you had to have a he hath, if you will, right? I know that's not good English, but if you had to have a he hath, would you rather have your he hath or his he hath. Amen. What's that story about that kid? He's got a bigger shovel. Amen. He's got a bigger shovel. Yes, he's got a bigger shovel. So, hey, listen, that's why. It's not because he's trying to keep anything from you. He's wanting to give more to you. So he says, if he'll forsake all that he hath, then he gets all that he hath. And I'd rather have all that he hath. Amen. Because what he hath is much better. Amen. Then what you see, what I've what what I've from him, what I've say, 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 if I can say this way from from him, what I've taken is much more than what I've forsaken. Just, there you go. So you might my property there. Or, right. But from from what I him, I've taken is a lot more than what I've forsaken. Amen. I wouldn't change a thing. That's why. And then he goes, verse 34, why? Salt is good, but if the salt have lost the savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? Just touching on that, salt does what? It adds flavor. Or you might say this, if we want to put it maybe in some spirit, it adds value and it holds back decay. And that's what God wants to use you to do in this world and in the lives of others. He wants to use you to add value to other people's lives. Amen. By giving them the gospel, by teaching them the word of God, by being an example in and through your life and, and by helping build uh, his church. He wants to use you to add value. And as you're adding value, you know what you're doing? You're holding back decay. You're stop the moment you give that gospel, they believe, boom, the decay in their life has stopped, if you will. Amen. We're holding back the decay of our nation by being the salt and what God has called us to be in this country, right? Savor. You see, what, 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 what does that word savor mean? It, mean? it means the purpose for which it exists. That's why salt exists, right? <laughs> it's savor. That's why it exists. The whole reason there's what, for this purpose. These are the purposes for which salt exists. And when it's lost, its reason for exist, right? Then it has no reason to being. 
So listen, if, if you're not being, God left you here. There's a reason that you, he saved you. There's a reason that we exist on earth after we get saved. And if we're not fulfilling our purpose in which we exist on earth after we get saved, hey, we might as well just go on or he might as well just get rid of us. He has no need for us unless we're fulfilling the purpose for which we exist on earth after we get saved. Matthew 5, 13, ye are the salt of the earth. So he said, ends with this, verse 5, last words of verse 35. Amen. Verse, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So you see, the one who is willing, who, let him hear. Let me emphasize that again. He, let's look at that again. He that hath ears to hear, look at this, let him hear. He's talking to somebody. He's talking, let him hear. He's got a big multitude, but he's saying let him hear. Who? The one that's willing to pay the price. The one that wants to be serious with God. The will, one that's willing to forsake all. The one that sees there's a difference. Amen. It's not that we don't love them, but our love for him is much higher than our love for them. Why? Because he's much higher. Because he's more, so he's worthy of more. You see, him the one who's willing to pay the price and sell out. You see, he saves those. Think of it this way. We're not talking about salvation, but, but, but you know, so when we, when we talk about salvation, it's whosoever will. You don't have to have nothing. You see, he's willing to save those that have nothing. You know why? Because you have nothing you can give to God for your salvation. So don't even try to bring anything. So he saves those that have nothing. But he uses those that will stop at nothing. That's what he's looking for. Paul, he'd stop at nothing. Those apostles, they'd stop at nothing. That's what he's looking for. Hey, he'll save those that have whosoever will may come when it comes to salvation. And of course, anybody can be a disciple too. But those that amen, want to get serious and be used of God, amen, thank God. If you have nothing, amen, come to Jesus and get saved. But if you say, hey, I want to be those that's willing to stop at nothing, I want to go a little further, and I want to be those, amen, that are willing to be his disciple. And what do we see the response here in verse, chapter 15? says, then drew near. Boy, there's a big crowd there. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, right, there. So you see, listen, a response Right? He says things, preaches about a response. But you see an example here, right, that some drew near and some murmured. What are you going to do today? <laughs> You're going to draw near, say, yes, yes, I, I, I want to be among those. I want to draw near. Or are you going to murmur like, well, what was that all about? What was that all about? Or murmur. What will your response be? You see, the Lord has called us to follow him. Is it your heart's desire to be a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Again, when it comes to salvation, it's all about the price he was willing to pay, right? Amen. Salvation is all about the price he paid. Salvation is about the price he was willing to pay. But when it comes to discipleship and being serious, if you will, you know, even among the 12, there were the 12, right? And then there were the three. And then there was the one. You know, at what circle do you want to stop? When it comes to getting in there, at what circle do you want to stop? 
Hey, Amen. Do you want to be in that? You know, the, you know, we talk about the president's inner circle. <laughs> well, hey, do you want to be in his inner circle? So when it comes to salvation, it's about the price he was willing to pay. But when it comes again to being serious and discipleship, it comes about the price you're willing to pay. You're willing to pay, right, to be my disciple. So if you need to be saved this morning, look at the price he was willing to pay. Amen. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, right, and you're not sure that if you die right now, you go to heaven, you have questions, but there's a question mark in your heart. Boy, if you come this morning, we'll talk about the price he was willing to pay, right, so you could be saved. But if you're saved here this morning and you say, man, I want to get more serious or I'm not where I should be, amen, then God says, what price are you willing to pay? Amen. If you say, well, I want to be among those that are willing to willing to pay. I want to be a builder. I want to be a battler. Amen. I want to, I want to, I want to be in there. Hey, I, 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 I love my family. Oh, but there's no love like I have for him. Amen. Boy, you know where you are. Amen. On that range, let's pray.